the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Aren't you glad God doesn't give up on us? When we reject Him or resist Him the first time or the second time or the tenth time, aren't you glad that God doesn't give us only one chance to accept Christ? Aren't you glad the first time that we resisted the Holy Spirit or rejected the Holy Spirit, God didn't say, well, that's your final answer. I'm never coming back here again. God knows what we go through, and He's experienced similar situations to what we've walked through. Now, this may be old news for some, while new news for others, but today's teaching from Pastor Dan brings a fresh reminder of the steadfastness of Jesus for those that believe in Him. Many were surprised and questioned His teachings. Thankfully, the number of times they rejected Jesus didn't equal the number of times Jesus kept at it. Hallelujah for that. Like them, we also need a Savior who's everlasting. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 13 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going through the New Testament verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. We're in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, where we pick up our study. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. We're also going to look at Luke chapter 4. Matthew 13, Luke chapter 4. Matthew 13, beginning in verse 53, where it says, Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these parables, that he departed from there. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the gospel of Matthew. And Lord, we're so grateful to be back in one of the gospels looking at your life and ministry. Uh, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would lead and guide us. We pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in our passage today, Jesus returns to his hometown of Nazareth one final time. 
uh, where he is rejected. Two words stand out in this passage, astonished in verse 54 and offended in verse 57. The people of Nazareth, Nazareth were astonished at Jesus's wisdom and his mighty works, his miracles, but they were ultimately offended at him and rejected him. And what happened in Nazareth happened nationally. Nazareth was really a microcosm of the nation of Israel as a whole. And while the people of Israel were astonished at Jesus' teachings and his many miracles, they rejected him as their Messiah and Savior. Now, this was not the first time that Jesus was rejected by the people of his hometown of Nazareth. If you want to turn back with me to Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, we have the, the initial rejection of Jesus in Nazareth. Uh, and just to give you the context here, this was at the very beginning of his public ministry. Uh, in Luke chapter 3, the baptism of Jesus is recorded, which initiated his public ministry. After Jesus was baptized, he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. That's recorded in the first part of chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. And then after his temptation in the wilderness, Luke chapter 4, verse 14 says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit of God, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And so he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. So Jesus came to his hometown of Nazareth. Again, this is at the very beginning of his ministry. He comes to Nazareth where he was brought up. Joseph and Mary, as you may know, were from Nazareth originally. They eventually returned to Nazareth after the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. And Jesus grew up in Nazareth until he began his public ministry at the age of 30. Now, just to tell you a little bit about the city of Nazareth, the town of Nazareth, Nazareth was really off the beaten path. It was away from the major roads and the major trade routes. It was an isolated village uh, that sat in a valley. So, you know, travelers did not pass through Nazareth. You only went to Nazareth on purpose. And it was a very small village. Some scholars estimate the population of Nazareth at the time of Jesus to be as few as 200 people. So only 200 people live in this town. Think about that. So everyone in Nazareth knew Jesus and knew his family. They watched him grow up. At the age of about five years of age, Jesus would have started attending school at the synagogue in the town of Nazareth. They didn't have television or Netflix in those days. So it was customary for the Jewish men in the town to meet each evening at the synagogue to study and discuss scripture. And as he got older, Jesus would have been part of that nightly Bible study at the synagogue, joining the other men of Nazareth. And so they know him. I look at verse 16 and note in verse 16 that it says, as his custom was, Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. The practice of attending synagogue every week or, or we would say attending church every Sunday 
and studying scripture and being in regular weekly fellowship with God's people had always been the regular pattern of his life. How about you? How about you? Is regular fellowship with other believers, the study of scripture, weekly church attendance, the pattern of your life? I hope it is. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We, we shouldn't forsake assembling together, especially as we see the day approaching. Now, verse 16 says that Jesus stood up to read. Now, they would invite men in the congregation to read portions of Scripture and give a teaching. Again, they do a nightly Bible study with these men. They know the men in the congregation. The men in the congregation know the word. This particular Sabbath day, Jesus was asked to read a portion from the prophets. And so he stood to read And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He opened to Isaiah 61, a messianic prophecy, a passage about the Messiah. Everyone in the synagogue knew that it was a prophecy about the ministry of the Messiah who was to come. And he reads from Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And so he he reads this passage. And then verse 20, he closed the book or he rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. They stood to read in the synagogue and they sat to teach. So he sits down because now he's going to teach on that passage. And it says, And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And here's his teaching. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus' commentary on this passage was, This passage is about me. I'm the promised Messiah Isaiah is speaking of. And the people in the audience there in the synagogue, they understood Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah. The passage in Isaiah, it describes the mission of the Messiah. Look back at verse 18. Uh, The spirit of God was upon Jesus. At his baptism, when Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Jesus was baptized in water and then he was immediately baptized with the spirit. If you look back at verse 1 of chapter 4, it says Jesus was filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit. He was Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. Look at verse 14. Jesus ministered in the power of the Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that fills us and leads us and empowers us. Jesus came to preach the gospel to the poor. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted today? Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Are you held captive by something? Are you held captive by sin? Are you a slave to sin? Are you held captive by an addiction? Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Are you oppressed 
spiritually? Are you suffering from demonic oppression? Jesus came to set people free and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This was his mission. And he will accomplish these things through his death on the cross and his resurrection. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, in verse 19, Jesus stopped reading in the middle of a verse. The entire verse reads, To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our Lord. He leaves that second half out. He stops. Jesus did not read the second half of the verse because the second half of the verse would not be fulfilled that day. And he says again in verse 21, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The second half of that verse will be fulfilled at his second coming. So he doesn't read that part. But this grabs the attention of the audience, so all eyes are fixed upon him. And he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I'm the one Isaiah is speaking of, verse 22. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? The congregation responded, you know, positive at first. They marveled at his gracious words, but they know Jesus. He's a local kid. They know his stepfather, Joseph, and they say, isn't this Joseph's son? And now he's telling us he's been here every evening and Bible study. He's been here every Sabbath day. We've known him since he was a little boy. He went to school here. He grew up here, and and now he's claiming he's the long-awaited Messiah and Savior of Israel. And Jesus, Jesus anticipates their unbelief. He anticipates their unbelief. He, He knew that they would not believe his words, and he knew that they will ask for proof that he is the Messiah. He he knows that they're thinking. You claim to be the Messiah. Well, if you're really the Messiah, give us some evidence. Do something only the Messiah can do. And so in verse 23, he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Let's see some miracles. Prove to us that you're the Messiah. Then he said, verse 24, surely I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Now, Jesus will say the same thing in our passage in Matthew 13 when he returns to Nazareth a second time. Now, look at what Jesus does next. 
He really stirs up a hornet's nest here. (laughs) He says in verse 25, but I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heavens, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land, but to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon outside of the land to a woman who was a widow and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman, the Syrian. He brings up two events from the Old Testament prophets, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah and Elisha were both rejected by Israel in spite of the miracles they performed. And they were received by Gentiles, non-Jews. And the point Jesus was making in bringing up Elijah and Elisha is this. Israel has a history of rejecting those God sent to them. They've rejected those God sent to them in the past. And as you can imagine, this didn't go over so well with the crowd. And so, verse 28, so all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. And they rose up and they thrust him out of the city and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. They're so angry, they're going to throw him off a cliff. And then passing through the midst of them, he, he went away. He just leaves. Now, here's the thing. These people are so angry, they drag Jesus to this cliff up a, up a mountain over a mile away so they can throw him off that cliff. That shows how angry they were. What he said. And so, Luke 4 is the first rejection of Jesus by the people of Nazareth. This first rejection was at the very beginning of his ministry. Now turn back with me to Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, Jesus returns to his hometown of Nazareth. If this were a movie, the screen would go black. And the words, three years later would come up on the screen. And for three years now, Jesus has been performing miracles that demonstrate he's the Messiah. He's been healing the sick. He's been casting out demons. He's been cleansing lepers, even raising the dead back to life. There's overwhelming proof now that Jesus is indeed the promised Messiah of Israel and the Savior. Now, it's amazing to me that Jesus would ever set foot in Nazareth again after the way they responded to him the last time. Aren't you glad God doesn't give up on us when we reject him or resist him the first time or the second time or the tenth time? Aren't you glad that God doesn't give us only one chance to accept Christ? Aren't you glad the first time that we resisted the Holy Spirit or rejected the Holy Spirit, God didn't say, well, that's your final answer. I'm never coming back here again. The Bible says God is long-suffering with us. The Bible says that God doesn't want anyone to perish in their sins, that his desires that all would be saved and have a relationship with him. 
This is why Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. He died on the cross for our sins to offer us forgiveness and salvation. And he pursues us and pursues us and pursues us. And he comes to us over and over and over by his Holy Spirit. And he gives us every opportunity to put our faith in Christ and be saved. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone opens the door to me, I will come in to him. And Jesus just keeps knocking and knocking and knocking on the door of our heart. And he gives us every opportunity to open our hearts to him. And if we ignore his knocking, he just keeps knocking. If we say, go away, he just keeps knocking. Because he wants a relationship with us. He wants us to open the door of our heart to him. He wants us to invite him in. He doesn't want anyone to perish in their sins. And so he comes a second time to Nazareth. If it were me, I wouldn't go anywhere near that town of Nazareth. They'll throw you off a cliff there. And now it came to pass, verse 53, when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there, verse 54, when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. I sure wouldn't go back to the synagogue. And if they invited me to do the reading and the teaching, no thanks. (laughs) Not after my last experience here. But he taught them in their synagogue so that they were, look what it says, astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Once again, Jesus taught in the synagogue in Nazareth and the people in attendance that day were astonished at his wisdom and his mighty works astonishment is the appropriate response to Jesus. I mean, think about it. Jesus is God incarnate. He came down from heaven. He took on human flesh. He became a man, dwelt among us to reveal himself to mankind and to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins in our place as our substitute so that we could be reconciled to God and so that we could have the assurance of salvation and the assurance of heaven. That's pretty astonishing. It's pretty astonishing that God would love us so much that he would leave heaven and come down to this earth and die for us in our place. If you're taking notes, that word astonished there, it literally means to be struck with amazement. To be struck with amazement. The word is used 13 times in the New Testament. 12 of the 13 times describe the response of people to Jesus. Jesus astonished a lot of people with his teachings and with his miracles. For example, when he finished the Sermon on the Mount and Matthew chapter 7, verse 28, it says, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. Mark chapter 1, verse 22 says, and they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes who had no authority. And Mark chapter 6, verse 2, it says, And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things, and what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hand? And Mark chapter 7, verse 37, And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. 
astonished beyond measure. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.